more out of life. Go out to a movie. Five friends travel to a cabin in the woods where they unknowingly release flesh-possessing demons. This is The Evil Dead. up everyone how are you guys doing i don't even know who still listens to us at this point but here we are a brand new episode covering the original evil dead movie from 1981 it's an awesome time to be an evil dead fan um i'm gonna be doing some solo episodes covering the entire evil dead franchise this year uh but don't you worry the rest of the crew will be back very very soon in the near future, um, we have all been caught up with our own busy lives lately. Um, Uncle Nick has been working on getting his teaching license. Zach is getting married in the next couple weeks. Um, and Dave and David are both just living the dad life. So, you know, everybody's got their own stuff going on. And when we do actually see each other... Um, to be honest with you guys, we would rather just hang out and eat and watch movies instead of recording content for a podcast, because who wants to do that? I'm just kidding. Obviously, just kidding. Um, yeah, but we will get back together very soon to do some group episodes at some point. Um, we've got plenty of ideas for future episodes, um... And literally, there's like hundreds of movies out there, you guys. We can talk about anything. Okay. Um, and maybe one day, when Boomstick Video hits it hits the big time, and we can actually open up our own video store, we'll have a podcast room in the store available anytime we want to record. <laughs> okay. All right, moving on. That's a story for another time. All right, guys, let's talk about the Evil Dead. What's this place like, anyway? Well, the guy that's renting it says it's an old place. A little run down, but it's right up in the mountains. Well, it might not be that bad. I believe I have made a significant find in the Kandarian ruins. A volume of ancient Sumerian burial practices and funerary incantations. The book is bound in human flesh and inked in human blood. Where do I even begin with this? Oh my gosh. Um, I guess I'll start by briefly talking about the entire franchise in general. Um, so... The Evil Dead franchise is my favorite film franchise of all time, and Evil Dead 2 is my favorite movie of all time. 
Uh, we will eventually talk about Evil Dead 2, but today we're talking about the OG from 1981. Uh, believe it or not, I actually saw the original Evil Dead trilogy completely out of order. The first movie I saw was Army of Darkness back when I was in high school because they used to play it on AMC late at night all the time. I'm not sure why that was the movie they chose to play on AMC, but, you know, whatever. I dug it. Um, I didn't even realize that it was part of a full trilogy of movies until several years later. Um, when I found out about that, I had, I immediately rented Evil Dead 1 and Evil Dead 2 from Blockbuster and treated myself to a little double feature, and the rest, they say, is history. Um, I've been a huge Evil Dead fan ever since then. Um, so, yeah, I was so amazed at the variety of genres represented in this franchise. It was incredible, to be honest with you. Um, obviously, the first Evil Dead movie is a straight-up gore fest. Um, the second one is horror comedy at its finest, and Army of Darkness is a fantasy adventure kind of horror flick with comedy mixed in as well. So it's really genuinely an amazing thing. And it's incredibly unique. This franchise, I don't think anything comes close to this franchise. I don't think... The, just the variety of genres and how they pull it off, it's truly incredible. It's really, really unique. And I don't think it gets enough credit... Um, throughout the years, it's become more and more popular, but I really still don't think it gets enough credit because there's so much, so much ground that the Evil Dead can cover. It covers time travel, comedy, um, horror, just just everything. It's 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 really unique. Okay, I'm gonna stop gushing and keep on going. Um, yeah. So on that note, let's talk about the very first chapter. Uh, the original gangster that started it all, The Evil Dead from 1981. Um, this movie was written and directed by Sam Raimi, and it was actually his big debut. This was the movie that he, you know, decided, hey, this is going to be the big start of my career. This is it, so we got we to gotta go all out. Um, starring in the movie is the king himself, Bruce Campbell, who is one of the most underrated actors of our generation, just saying. Um, the Evil Dead is the ultimate Cabin in the Woods movie. It's the, it's the ultimate Cabin in the Woods horror movie. There's nothing that has ever topped it. Um, many folks have tried to replicate the style of this movie several times, but nothing will ever come close to the amazingness of the OG Evil Dead. Uh, this movie is about five college students who decide to spend their vacation getting wasted at a cabin up in the mountains. Um, a lot of people criticize the plot by saying, why would a group of college kids want to spend their vacation in a creepy cold cabin all together under one roof? Why would anybody want to do that? Okay, uh, you know what? This thing was filmed in the late 70s, early 80s. So, by that standard, I can totally buy the fact that these kids simply wanted to b 
be in a secluded place so that they could cut loose and party. Um, I have no problem believing that. And I'm you you have to think about the time period that this was made in. That that was like you know, you know, kids would go up to a cabin and, you know, a secluded area and get loaded. That that was a pretty common thing back then. So um, a lot of people complain about the plot, but they really don't need to. Just think about the time period. Think about the time that it was made, and it totally makes sense. Um, okay, so, uh, yeah, quit complaining about that. It's lame. Um, this film was so cheaply made, but that's exactly what makes it so wonderful. Um, the process of making this film was absolutely horrendous. Um, according to the cast and crew, it was the worst experience that they have ever had working on a film, and for 90% of the cast and crew, it was the first time that they had ever worked on a feature film. So um, it probably left a pretty bad taste in all of their mouths. Um, but yeah, it was a horrible experience for pretty much everybody. Even Bruce, even Bruce said that it was very, very rough. Um, so yeah, let's keep on going here. Uh, the movie was shot on location in a very real abandoned cabin in Morristown, Morristown, Tennessee. Um, I believe that's that's where it was. Um, a uh, really small town in Tennessee. It was called Morristown. Um, apparently, this location just fell into their laps after searching for a creepy cabin for quite a long time. Uh, they ended up in uh, this small town in Tennessee. Um, I don't know what month it was when they were shooting, but I do know that the cast and crew were freezing the entire time. Cond conditions were very, very rough, like I already said. But yeah, the weather was incredibly cold while they were shooting this movie. Um, I also read that the crew actually set a chair on fire to stay warm inside the cabin. Um, so basically, this was independent filmmaking at its nastiest. It was incredibly rough. And I... I this doesn't sound fun at all, but I mean, it. it luckily, the movie became legendary and um it really like sam raimi a lot of people think of evil dead when they first think of sam raimi most a lot of people also think of spider-man but you know you know sam raimi is the king of evil dead and that's mostly what people think of okay uh so yeah as i said before it's about five college kids going out into the woods to get loosey-goosey at a cabin up in the mountains uh, they eventually go into the cellar of the cabin and they find a disgustingly creepy looking book and an old tape recorder. Um, the book just so happens to be the Necronomicon and the tape recorder has a man's voice on it reciting incantations from the book and these incantations actually have the power to release demons from the woods, and these incantations allow these demons to possess the living. So, 
it's a pretty gnarly situation, if you ask me. Uh, yeah, I definitely wouldn't want to be in these kids' positions. First of all, why did you even bring that crap upstairs? If, if, I, if I found that crap in the cellar, I would leave it there and just get the hell out. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, let's keep moving on. Uh, let's talk about the characters. Um, yeah, so as far as the characters go, we got Linda, Shelly, Scott, and then we got the brother and sister duo, Ash and Cheryl Williams. Um, Ash Williams is the face of the franchise. Um, the reason why I love the Evil Dead so much is mainly because of Ash. And here's why. Ash starts out as a coward. Um, in this first chapter of the franchise, Ash is scared out of his mind. Uh, but as the story progresses and as Bruce Campbell kind of de develops the character more and more, Ash becomes a symbol of the everyday man, a pompous and arrogant klutz who ultimately becomes a hero. And I think that message in itself is pretty amazing. And that's what makes the Evil Dead great, because here you have a complete idiot in Ash and... Even a guy like that can rise to the challenge and become a hero. Um, no matter where you come from, no matter who you are, when you are faced with a horrible beast of a situation, you can either rise above it or let it destroy you. And Ash most definitely chose to rise above it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm gushing about Ash right now, so uh, let's move on. I promise no more gushing over Ash Williams. I personally think that the movie was shot very, very well, especially for the time period. The camera angles that Sam Raimi was able to pull off back then are still being recreated to this very day. Um, for an example... There's a scene towards the very beginning where we see the classic Oldsmobile slowly but surely driving all the way up to the evil cabin. Um, it's a very, very foreboding scene. It's very quiet, and the music slowly builds and builds. And then, of course, we see Scotty approach the cabin on foot, and the way, it's just really good. The, the way that the camera moves around Scotty and it, the way that it moves around the cabin, it's just really good. It may be a classic case of building suspense. We may have seen it a hundred times before, but honestly, Sam Raimi nails this. And I think that he was the first to do it really, really well. Um this was his first movie for crying out loud. So it really, it was really really well done. Uh and then of course the the fast the fast moving camera through the woods, the first person the first person camera just just flying through the woods. That's classic Sam Raimi as well. And he was I think that was the first time I ever saw anybody do it was Sam Raimi. So, you know, it's pretty dope. All right, let's skip ahead to the good stuff, shall we? Um, so now we're getting back to the story. Um, a whole bunch of weird stuff starts to happen even before the incantations are played on the tape recorder. Um, Cheryl, 
actually gets overtaken by some sort of demonic force, and it forces her to draw a book with a face. Um, she's kind of, it, it seems like she's the type of character that likes, likes to make sketches and do artistic things. And while, as soon as they get to the cabin, um, Cheryl's just sitting in her room and some type of force like overtakes her and she starts drawing a evil looking book with a face. And of course she drew the Necronomicon. So that was, so that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, like she, Cheryl gets overtaken by that. And then the cellar door starts to shake and rattle. And at one point the whole door just flips wide open on its own. And there are also creepy voices coming from the woods that are clearly saying, Join us. Join us. So, the entire cabin and the woods seem to already be possessed by evil spirits before the incantations were were even played. The tape recorder hadn't even been played at this point, so... The whole, the whole place is haunted, and uh, I don't know why they didn't just get out when all that stuff happened in the first place. But, you know, it's a horror movie, so <laughs> can't do that. You can't leave. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, and I I love all of this stuff because it's such a simple concept, but the way that Sam Raimi builds it, the audience just knows that horrible horrible things are about to happen. It's a really solid script just for that alone. All right, so eventually all five characters are sitting on the floor listening to this tape recorder, which seems like a great idea. Um, Yeah, the tape recorder has a man's voice on it, like I said before, um, which we all find out later that it's a man named Professor Noby. Um, And he's talking about how... He discovered the Book of the Dead, and he is now about to translate the incantations at a quiet cabin in the woods, which turned out to be a horrible idea. So, as they play this tape, the camera cuts to a shot outside. There's a thick layer of fog that starts to creep out of the ground. It literally just, like, creeps right out of the ground, and then it cuts back to Cheryl, who completely flips the do out. Uh, That was my, I was censoring myself. Uh, So basically because of those incantations that they played on the tape, they're all screwed. Um, From this point on, it's an all-out series of really, really bad things happening over and over and over again. And it just doesn't stop until the end of the movie. Um, I can see why Stephen King... Um, said that this movie was just relentless. It uh, totally makes sense to me, man. All right, now we're going to briefly, and I emphasize the word briefly, talk about the most controversial scene in the entire movie. After the tape is played and everyone goes to bed, Cheryl continues to hear voices outside. So what's the smart thing to do here? Don't wake the others and investigate alone. That's a line from the Evil Dead musical. You you guys also have to check out that if you haven't. So Cheryl goes out into the woods and gets molested by the trees. This scene, Sam Raimi has openly admitted that he regrets doing. 
they have said, the, the makers of this movie have said over and over again, this was their first movie, they wanted to go all out, they wanted to make a shocking, gruesome horror movie that just just swept the nation by storm, and that's what they did, and that scene was very, very, just, it was out there. And actually, the actress who played Cheryl, um, she didn't know that was Sam's intention for the tree to actually molest her. She had no idea that that was the intention of the scene. So when she went to the premiere of the movie and actually saw that scene, she was mortified. She wanted to just crawl under her chair at her words, the, the actress's actual words was I wanted to crawl under my chair when I saw that scene for the first time because when we were filming it it didn't really seem like it was going to be taken that far but you know and Sam Raimi has openly said he does he does regret shooting that and um, he it's it's not something he's super proud of but uh, man it definitely got the attention that they wanted that's for sure all right, now that we've gotten that out of the way, <laughs> let's talk about some more memorable moments from this movie, which there are quite a few. Um, another one that comes to mind immediately when I think of this movie is uh, when Cheryl first gets possessed and she jabs that pencil right into Linda's ankle. That was absolutely brutal. Bruce Campbell has talked about this scene a lot, and he has said that when audiences first saw the movie, there was typically an overall gasp and a huge sense of dread when that scene happened, because that was the very first intense scene with blood and gore. The audience immediately realized, oh man, okay, I think this is going to be a really gross movie. <laughs> And yeah, it totally was uh, because, yeah, up until that point, um, there's not really a whole lot of uh, blood and guts or anything. So as soon as they saw that, it was it was pretty much all downhill from there <laughs> for the audience. Um, all right, moving on. Um, another memorable moment was when Ash goes down to the cellar and the pipe above him breaks and he just gets completely drenched with blood and it doesn't stop it doesn't it doesn't stop pouring out it just keeps on pouring and pouring it just seems like it goes on forever um it still blows my mind that they were able to film that without destroying the place and uh, all of the cellar scenes were shot in a different location. So it's not like they destroyed the cabin that they were at. It's not like they destroyed um, where they were shooting or anything. Um, but wherever they shot that scene with the pipe and the cellar, it must have been insane. It must have been just completely trashed after they after they shot that scene. Um, so, yeah, that's another that's another very memorable moment. Um, uh, but, yeah, let's get back to the story a little bit more. Uh, getting back to the story of the movie, basically, every single person in the cabin gets possessed, except for Ash. I'm sure you've heard the term final girl. 
Well, Ash is your final boy in this scenario. Um, Ash is forced to chop off his own girlfriend's head. He has to gouge out his best friend's eyes. He has to shoot his sister in the face. Uh, So, you know, this vacation didn't really turn out the way that he had hoped. (laughs) So towards the end of the movie, Deadite Cheryl and Deadite Scotty are beating the crap out of Ash. (laughs) I think Deadite Cheryl, she has a fire poker in her hands, and she just keeps whacking Ash over the back with it. And uh, Ash is on the floor. He's trying to um, reach the Necronomicon. He can't reach it. And Cheryl's just beating the crap out of him. And Scotty is, like, grabbing at his feet and, like, like clawing at his ankles. So, um, yeah, Ash is, is not having a good time right now. Um, so Ash gets the bright idea to throw the Necronomicon into the fire. And that actually seems to work at first. Um, Cheryl and Scotty basically disintegrate into a into a really nasty pile of grossness. Um, yeah, as soon as Ash throws that book into the fire, um, Cheryl just stops and she like blank stares into the abyss, and um, then she starts to just decay. And actually, this this entire scene is really really cool. It's uh, completely stop motion. Um, which I was, the first time I was watching this, I was like, holy crap, they're, they're doing stop motion. And it just, it, it comes out of nowhere. Um, but it looks pretty cool. Like, especially for the time, it doesn't look like amazing, but I think to their credit, it actually doesn't look too bad. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a totally stop motion. They just decay and they like fall to the floor and, um, like, bugs and grossness, like, like, just crawls out of, um, Scotty and Cheryl's, like, bodies. It's pretty nasty. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway. Um, but, yeah, so, Ash, it, it seems like he, he won. It seems like he survived. Um, Ash gets up to his feet, and there's some triumphant music playing in the background, and everything seems to be right with the world, you know? Uh, yay, Ash survived the night! <laughs> He's got blood all over his face, and, you know, the triumphant music. It's actually kind of funny. It's unintentionally funny, but just the, the sight of Ash with, like, all of this blood all over his face... And he's standing up, and he's like, hey, I survived. And then the music in the background is just so, like, triumphant. And yeah, awesome. Um, Okay, yeah, so uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Ash is, you know, he's all triumphant. And then, of course, the camera cuts outside to the woods. With the first-person camera angle, the evil entity is zooming through the woods. It makes its way right through the cabin, the the back door of the cabin, and it makes its way to the front door, and then it hits Ash. And Ash lets out this hilarious, blood-curdling scream, and then cuts a black, roll credits, such an iconic ending. But yeah, that... (laughs) That scream that Ash lets out right at the end of the movie is <laughs> I don't know I don't know why, but it's just hilarious because here's this movie 
just like a just disgusting gore fest. And then at the very <laughs> at the very end, the main character is just ah! <laughs> I don't know what it is. It just cracks me up. So yeah. Um Bruce Campbell just lets out this blood curdling scream and then it cuts to black and then it's got this like 50s like jam band music playing in the background which <laughs> totally fits it just totally fits the ending oh, i'm so sorry guys that you have to listen to my excitedness and rambling on okay yeah so yeah that's the end that's the end of the freaking movie um so of course you got to do a sequel um so yeah that is the evil dead from 1981 It honestly still holds up as one of the most iconic horror movies ever made. Now, after it premiered, it honestly did better on home video than it did in theaters. Uh, The movie was actually banned in in a couple different countries, and it was labeled as a video nasty. I'm sure you guys have heard that term before. Um, it was used a whole lot back in the early 80s. But yeah, it, because it was banned in some areas, um, they slapped this label on it. It was considered a video nasty um, because it was just so gross and so out there. Um, so because of that, so many people went out and rented it. <laughs> Everybody's like, I gotta see this video nasty. Where is it? I need to rent this Evil Dead. I gotta check it out. Um, so yeah, apparently. Also, I shouldn't discredit the um, the theaters, the the um, the what the movie did, how the movie did in theaters because the drive-in, the, uh, the drive-in apparently did very very well um, as far as the Evil Dead goes. I'm sure a bunch of people went to go see this in the drive-in. But anyways, as far as Evil Dead 2 is concerned, Sam Raimi and Bruce would eventually return to the franchise about six and a half years later, something like that. So it definitely took them a while to uh, return to the franchise, but, you know, they surely did. And um, I'll definitely talk, I'll save what I have to say for the actual episode um, for Evil Dead 2. But um, apparently the process of making Evil Dead 2 was much more comfortable than the first Evil Dead. Which, of course, you know, that's to be expected because now, you know, Sam has a little bit more money and he's got a little bit more experience under his belt. And, of course, as most of you already know, in the sequel, they would decide to expand the humor aspect of the story. Because honestly, there were quite a few unintentional funny moments in the original Evil Dead. Uh, Off the top of my head, when Ash slaps Linda like a million times, or whenever Ash screams, like I said before, it was typically high-pitched, which is hilarious. Um, That always cracked me up. Um, But yeah, in the sequel, they decided to expand the humor. And um, of course, I'll talk about that in the next episode. So, there you have it. That was my episode for The Evil Dead from 1981. Um, I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, Sorry that it was only a solo episode. Um, uh, I really had fun recording this, though. Um, I think I covered everything that I wanted to cover. Um, A lot of people... Oh, yeah, I I did want to talk about this a little bit. A lot of people have approached me over the years and they say man 
why would your favorite movie franchise be something so evil and dark? And first of all, those people that have come up to me and said that and asked that um, have never seen the franchise before (laughs) because, as all of you know, the franchise didn't end up being that dark or gross at all. It ended up being, honestly, more comedy than horror because Bruce Campbell just... He, he's just naturally a funny dude. So um, I love this franchise mainly because... I said it before, but it's the story of an everyday type man who becomes a hero. And I love the message of no matter where you come from, no matter what your past is, um, if you're faced with a challenge, you have to rise above it. And Ash Williams is a guy that is a klutz, a jerk, a pig, um, a chauvinistic jerk. I think I already said jerk. Um, But yeah, he's that type of guy. And he ended up rising to the occasion and he ended up, you know, becoming a hero. So I don't know. I love that message because like Ash is not the likely hero and he rose to the occasion. So yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm definitely going to talk more about Ash and the evil dead two episode, but that's all I got for now. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. Please follow us on all our social media links you can follow us at boomstick video on instagram facebook twitter um please check us out at boomstick.video uh you can see excuse me you can listen to every single episode that is on that is that's our full archive for every single episode uh listen to us on any podcasting platform that you choose I'm very grateful for you guys listening. I hope you have a great day. Um, Be kind, rewind, or die. 